of these core beliefs is that accreditors can only do their best work if they get out of their comfort zones and if they take steps to get out of the echo chamber and to expose themselves to creative ideas and things that are happening, signals and trends that are on the radar outside of their immediate areas of expertise. is Associations Thrive, the podcast celebrating successful associations and their leaders. I'm your host, Joanna Pineda, CEO and Chief Troublemaker at Matrix Group International. Listen in as top association executives tell all, revealing the creative and innovative ways they're increasing membership, generating revenue, nurturing engagement, and reimagining their organizations. By the way, if you've launched a new initiative, created new member services, or updated your governance structure and are seeing great results, I want to hear your story and so do my listeners. I'd love to have you as a guest. Go to podcast.matrixgroup.net and apply to be on Associations Thrive. Now let's dive into this week's show. Today, I'm speaking with Bonnie Rickey, Executive Director of the International Council Advancing Independent School Accreditation, or ICASA. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joanna. I really appreciate this invitation to be a guest on your podcast, and I'm really honored to have this opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Bonnie. Tell us about ICASA. Oh, goodness. There's so much to share about ICASA. We are a nonprofit membership organization. We have 23 full members, and those members are accrediting associations that work within the K-12 independent and international school spaces. Most of our members are based in the U.S., although we do have a few that operate and work internationally outside of the U.S., One of the best ways to think about ICASA is that we accredit the accreditors, and our vision is to have a transformative impact on the independent and international school landscape by advancing accreditation globally. So, Bonnie, let me unpack this a little bit, okay? So you're an accrediting body for accrediting bodies, and these accrediting bodies accredit independent schools. Absolutely. You got that right. Tell us what an independent school is. Let's start with that. An independent school, there are various definitions, but what we use at ICASA is that an independent school is a body, is a school that has an independent, self-perpetuating governing board. Independent also refers to the school's choice in terms of curriculum, philosophy, mission, etc., And so one of the primary responsibilities of these independent schools is to have that external assurance of quality assurance and value. And so that's where accreditation plays an important role in ensuring that these schools are fulfilling their missions in safe, supportive communities that uphold the values that they ascribe to in their vision and their mission. Bonnie, my son goes to an independent Episcopal school that I know is accredited by SAES, which is one of your members. 
Fantastic. You have many different types of members. How do you represent accrediting bodies that represent different types of schools, religious, non-religious? That's a great question, Joanna. And I want to reinforce that the members that are part of ICASA do have memberships of very diverse schools. And one of the, or the way that ICASA oversees that is that ICASA has a set of guiding principles. And we use these guiding principles in our review process of the accreditation programs of the various members. So as you mentioned, the accreditor that accredits your son's school, that accreditor has a set of standards. And as part of the ICASA review process, they have to show that those standards are in alignment with ICASA's guiding principles. Ah. And so just to give you an example, ICASA's guiding principles are in three different categories. We have essential commitments, we have criteria for effective accreditation practices, and we have a set of core standards. And so, for example, one of our essential commitments is that the accreditor must evaluate and adapt the accreditation standards and process. And so the idea being that the accreditation process can't be stagnant, that it needs to change and evolve over time in order to remain relevant in a changing world. And so the accreditor has to show to ICASA that they have updated their standards and their process and that they are trying to create a process whereby they're supporting schools so that we all remain relevant in a changing world. And so that's one of the essential commitments. And as I said, we also have a set of criteria and core standards that accreditors need to align to in order to be eligible for full membership in ICASA. Man, I love this. I actually work with accrediting bodies. And now that I know more about ICASA, I feel even better about the accreditation that my son's school has. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of people aren't aware of accreditation and the accreditation process. A lot of families with children, school-age children, a lot of them understand, okay, I should ask whether this particular school is accredited when they're looking at possible educational options for their children. But a lot of times those families don't understand kind of the nuances. And so part of ICASA's role is to provide that external seal of approval or level of quality assurance for the accreditor so that you as a prospective parent or as a parent of a student who may be going to the school so that you have that assurance that this school is meeting those high quality standards. So I got a couple more questions for you about the accreditation process. Sure. Who at ICASA develops these guiding principles or standards that then your members have to abide by? Yeah, that's a great question as well. So our council consists of the executive directors or presidents of each of those 23 member associations. And so the council as a whole operates in a couple of different ways. One is that we meet together in person twice a year for multi-day meetings. And another structure is that we have a set of committees that help me in moving the work forward. So one of those committees is responsible for ensuring that these guiding principles are relevant and updated. And so we just completed a full-scale review of these guiding principles. 
And that process relied heavily on a small group that then provided opportunities for input from not just those members of the council, not just the executive directors of each of the accrediting associations, but also the directors of accreditation for those associations, the folks that are actually overseeing the accreditation process. And so that recent process to review and revise our guiding principles. We completed that about six months ago. And so I'm feeling really proud of the work that that group did to really make sure that the principles that we're relying on are in fact the best in class and the gold standard for effective accreditation. Amazing. So if I run an independent school, I'm a head of a school and I'm applying for accreditation, how long does this process take? especially for schools that are going through the accreditation for the first time, we always say to expect really a 12 to 18-month journey. Wow. Yeah, a lot of that time is spent internally as a school establishing what we call a self-study, which is an opportunity for the school to hit pause and to reflect on what areas of strength they have within the entire school, but also various divisions and various subcategories within the school. So areas of strength, areas of challenge. What are the strategic priorities that that school is committed to for the near future and also the the longer term future? And so that process of really reflecting, affirming, and identifying areas for further growth, that process really does take about 12 to 18 months. The other core element of this self-study process that's really essential to ICASA and to our member associations is that it be an inclusive and deliberative process. So we ask that it involve every member of the school community, including representative students, representative parents or guardians, certainly all staff and administration, faculty, et cetera. And so that process of self-study is often said to be the heart and soul of the accreditation process. The follow-up is that the school will then host an accreditation team who will come to the school's campus while school is in session, and they will use the self-study as a core document, but then will offer that external perspective in order to enable the school to understand its various areas of strength and areas for further growth. And so that outside perspective that's offered by the visiting team is really valuable in terms of supporting the school with where it is and helping them on their further journey. Bonnie, tell us about your journey to becoming executive director of this really interesting organization. Yeah. So similar to many people within education, I began in the classroom. Ah, I was a middle school math teacher one of the folks who absolutely adored that age level. I know you either love them or hate them. And I was one of the ones that just really enjoyed working with middle schoolers. I taught in three different independent schools. And at the third school, I was in Worcester, Massachusetts at the Bancroft School. And while I was teaching there, I had the opportunity to serve on a couple accreditation visiting teams. And essentially serving on those teams allowed me to develop a greater awareness of schools as systems and how they operate. It kind of opened my eyes and broadened my experiences beyond the classroom level. 
And as I said, I learned about schools as systems. And so from serving on those accreditation visiting teams, I was hooked on the importance and the value of accreditation. That's where I really caught the accreditation bug. Bonnie, you're the first executive director of ICASA. How did that come to be? Yeah, so I caught the accreditation bug. And from there, I decided to leave the classroom and I began working at ASNI, which is the Association of Independent Schools in New England. And when I was there, I was charged with overseeing their accreditation process for their 80 or so accredited schools. And I was there for just shy of a decade. And I really loved that work. I loved connecting deeply with the people in schools, whether it was the heads of schools or the trustees or the teachers or the senior leaders. I just loved connecting with those folks within schools. I also loved thinking about the training process as an opportunity to really ensure that ASNI's accreditation program was delivering the best possible value for schools. And then ultimately, I really just enjoyed that opportunity to help support schools affirm and celebrate where they are as an institution and then help them set the course for their future directions and for the continuous progress that they are interested in achieving. So having served as the assistant executive director at ASNI and having overseen the accreditation of specific schools, I then was really excited and eager to look at the position with ICASA, which offered me the opportunity to continue to work with associations, but then also to kind of oversee this review process that ICASA has in order to ensure that the accreditation programs, like what I was overseeing at ASNI, are really subscribing to these guiding principles and achieving the best quality of accreditation that they can deliver. Again, ultimately, all to support the experience of the students at the student level. Bonnie, let's turn back to ICASA. You're thriving as an organization, and you say that you are thriving because of two core beliefs that you have and that the organization has. So tell us about those. Yeah, thanks, Joanna. One of these core beliefs is that accreditors can only do their best work if they get out of their comfort zones and if they take steps to get out of the echo chamber Ah. and to expose themselves to creative ideas and things that are happening, signals and trends that are on the radar outside of their immediate areas of expertise. So that's one of those core beliefs. So what does it look like as an organization to expose your members to these new ideas and new trends? What are you doing in that area? We do this in a couple of different ways. One of the primary ways we do this is that the ICASA Council meets twice a year for multi-day meetings. And these meetings give us the opportunity to bring speakers from various topics. So we are often looking for someone who can speak to some of the trends, not just within the education space, but also sort of more global trends. Most recently, we convened our meetings just a few weeks ago outside of Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And we had a futurist 
who was a professor at one of the local universities there. And so that's one of the ways that we support accreditors with getting out of their comfort zones and having access to these influential, innovative thinkers. Another way we do this is that in addition to those 23 full members, we also have associate members. And Mm. so our 11 associate members are not necessarily accreditors. In fact, most of them are not accreditors, but they do work in parallel within the independent school space or the international school space or even kind of the more broader educational space. And so these associate members attend our meetings as well, and they offer us food for thought and specialized expertise, again, so that accreditors can really understand what is it we need to understand about this particular element or this landscape. So, for example, we have the National Business Officers Association as one of our... One of my clients. Yeah. (laughs) So NBOA has offered us really specialized expertise that really helps us as accreditors. Another example is we have the Independent School Chairpersons Association, and they obviously work directly with board chairs from across the independent school network. And so, again, that lens on governance brings a lot of value to the ICASA membership. And again, we're tapped into these leading experts and critical associations that are doing important work within the space. And one final example that I'm particularly proud of is that this year we have launched for the first time what we are calling the ICASA Forum. And this is essentially a series of virtual conversations, again, with leading thinkers and creatives within the educational space, but also more broadly. And so, for example, we had, actually, it was just yesterday, we had the opportunity to hear from Antonio Viva, who is a senior consultant to the leadership and design consulting firm that helps schools with strategic planning and big picture thinking. And so he was, again, an example of someone who is helping us make sure that we're tuned into some of these signals and trends, again, ultimately, so that accreditors are doing their best work. Bonnie, you talked about your first governing principle having to do with helping your members get out of their comfort zone. Your second has to do with impact. Tell us about that. Yeah. So our second core principle here is that I have the privilege of working with and serving a group of incredibly intelligent and gifted leaders. And those leaders have such a huge impact. So of those 23 associations, they accredit over 9,800 schools from across over 120 countries. And so at its core, the work that our association does and that our member associations do for students is that we are serving over 2 million students. And so with that incredible impact comes responsibility. And so I take ICASA's responsibility and my own responsibility very seriously. And so how can we as an association use the power of that scale to ensure that we are keeping students at the center of our conversations, Mm. make sure that schools are equipping students with the knowledge, but also the habits and practices that will empower those students to ultimately have lives of purpose within this complex world. And so that impact is really essential. And we keep that front and center in the various ways that ICASA operates within that professional network. We also want to elevate opportunities for our members to share approaches and best practices with each other 
We want them to be tuned into the margins, and that includes marginalized voices, and to have those associations be clear about the values and approaches that they have in support of their schools. Man, I love that you've got that governing principle to really guide the work. Bonnie, ICASA is a pretty young organization, less than five years old. You've been leading the organization for most of that time. You know, as you look back, what are you most proud of, especially given the tumultuous last couple of years we've had? Yeah, for sure. And certainly with uh, my association leadership peers, we all have been through the ringer, so to speak, with regard to COVID. Ah, schools have gone through the ringer with COVID. Absolutely. And even throughout those challenging years, ICASA was able to maintain our cycle of accreditation reviews. Amazing. It was a pretty powerful opportunity. And my board and the ICASA Council, we were very committed to ensuring that that review process continued. And so that's one of the things I'm really proud of. And I also have the opportunity to have a front row seat to the impact of these reviews. And so I have seen how individual associations go through the ICASA review process and receive, as a result of that process, a set of commendations and a set of recommendations. And each of those associations is required to make progress with regard to those recommendations and to address their areas of challenge. And so having that front row seat allows me the awareness and the the opportunity to see how the ICASA review process really creates change within our associations. And our whole vision and mission for ICASA is to work directly with accrediting associations to advance excellence and uphold standards. And so having that kind of ripple effect where ICASA does our direct work with associations to then do their best work with schools. Another thing that I'm really proud about as I think about ICASA's evolution is that we recently were invited to serve on the International Schools Anti-Discrimination Task Force. And this is a really important opportunity for ICASA to continue to uphold one of our essential commitments, which is, again, referencing one of those guiding principles I mentioned earlier, But that essential commitment is that associations must promote diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. And so being involved in this particular task force is a real opportunity for ICASA to show that we are committed to this work. And it's something that we will continue to focus on in the next few years and beyond. So as I think about ICASA in the next few years, I've touched on a couple things, but I think it really comes down to ICASA as a professional network and being part of a global community. So establishing these strong connections because there really is strength in togetherness. And when these associations come together for our in-person meetings, we really value that opportunity to have thought leadership and to really engage with each other so that we're solidifying this professional network Because again, we are stronger together. What's next for ICASA? What should we look forward to in the next five years? Oh, there's a lot going on. We have many initiatives and projects on our uh, horizon and on the radar. One of them that I'm particularly excited about is that ICASA was awarded a grant 
from the Edward E. Ford Foundation. And that grant was to undertake a research project to study the recommendations that came out of visiting team reports, accreditation visiting team reports from schools. And in particular, we are looking at a set of over 500 individual recommendations specifically related to governance in independent and international schools. And as a result of this project, we are going to be categorizing and classifying these governance-related recommendations to really bring data to what is anecdotal evidence that governance is a real challenge for our schools. And so we're using this research project to identify opportunities for added professional learning for the members of our boards that serve schools. We're really excited about the outcomes for this research project. So that's one of the things that we're looking ahead to. Bonnie, I interview a lot of chief executives on this podcast, and governance keeps coming up. Mm. governance of the associations and governance of their members. So how interesting that you're about to undertake a governance study. Bonnie, I want to thank you for everything that you've shared today. You've given me a really deeper understanding of the importance and value of accreditation. I hope you'll come back and tell us about the research study. Absolutely, Joanna. I am just so honored to have been a part of this And I am also honored to have the privilege of leading ICASA, obviously through its initial few years and then into the future. Thanks for listening to Associations Thrive. We're so glad to have you here. You know, my personal mission and the mission of my company, Matrix Group International, is to help associations and nonprofits increase membership, generate revenue, and thrive in the digital space. I want to hear stories of how your organization is thriving in today's challenging landscape. Please apply to be on my show by going to podcast.matrixgroup.net. By the way, do you need help with a digital initiative? Maybe it's a website redesign, a new membership database, or a hybrid meeting that you're planning. I'd love to connect with you please visit the Matrix Group website at matrixgroup.net. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Associations Thrive. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, post a comment, and share it with your colleagues and friends. Bye! Bye!